Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for joining our podcast. This is Succeeding in Small Town America, hosted by me, Timothy Peterkin. We are here today with our guest, attorney Shannon Reed. Welcome. Good evening. Good evening. How you doing? Awesome. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Um, Let's get a little background on you and sort of what you do. So could you tell us about your business and where it's located? I'm a criminal defense attorney here in uh, Gaston County, North Carolina, which is Gastonia. It's a I guess we're just simply uh, we're west of uh, Mecklenburg County, which is Charlotte, which is obviously the largest county in the state of North Carolina. So we're here in a small town of Gastonia. It's a town which I grew up in, but that's where I'm located. So you grew up in Gastonia, and that's is that why you chose to have your firm there? Well, I grew up in Gaston County. I didn't actually grow up in Gastonia. I grew up in even a smaller town uh, by the name of Mount Holly, North Carolina which is uh, simply right across the river, just just west of uh, Charlotte. With the population of probably, at this point, we've grown a little, but I still wouldn't think our population would be right at under 10,000. Mm-hmm. So I was reading about some of those numbers, and actually Gastonia and Gaston County was actually bigger than I thought. Um, but it's, I guess, it's benefiting from being a suburb of, I guess, I don't know if that's the right word, but I call it a suburb of Charlotte. Does that sound right and accurate? Absolutely. I think that's the most uh, accurate description of what Gaston County would be. And it's a growing every day because obviously Charlotte's growing every day. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we've experienced a lot of that in different communities, like the small towns really benefit from being connected to the larger community. So you are a hometown hero of Gaston County. Is that fair enough? Nah, I would I would go as far to say hero, but uh, definitely I'm uh, known in this area. Yes. Well, I I, I kind of feel like it is. I kind of feel like <laughs> we kind of celebrate people who are from our communities and go off and get educated, but then still have that love for the hometown. Uh, absolutely. Um. This is this is I will never call it anywhere else home. This is definitely it. Uh, families here, um, both in Gaston, Gas, the Estonia, Mount Holly, uh, all the small towns of Gaston County. I have family everywhere in this county. I definitely will call this home. Absolutely. When did you know you wanted to be a lawyer? Uh, from a very small age, uh, it was always a dream of mine. Uh, growing up, uh, I played sports, so obviously a dream was to be a a professional athlete, but uh, soon realized that that goal was very, not necessarily far-fetched, but wasn't going to be realized. Uh, I've always been very focused on my studies, and uh, I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a criminal. I knew I wanted to be a uh, defense attorney. So you were a good student even, like, in high school and middle school? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. okay. Grades, so were always, grades were always the number one priority in my house. Okay, so that like a scholar athlete. Yes. Okay. Now I know, of course, you went to North Carolina Central for law school, but tell us where you went to undergrad. Uh, I went to undergrad. I actually, um, it's still another small town of Hickory, North Carolina. I went to Norion University. I was a graduate of Norion University in two thousand three, where I also was a student athlete there as well as a football player. Okay, what kind of drew you to that 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 school? Um. 
they uh they recruited me in football and it was an opportunity the best opportunity for me to play football and actually continue in college so that's what drew me Lenora University yes okay so Durham was was like big big town to you huh um not necessarily because even when you're in this area you spend a lot of time in Charlotte well, that's true so, so therefore it was uh it wasn't adjust it wasn't necessarily an adjustment for me because uh again although we are a small town then being so close to me in the suburb of Charlotte, you always get that uh, a quote unquote big town feel. Mm -hmm. So I, but I definitely enjoy my time in Durham. Mm -hmm. Okay, so after you graduated from law school, what was your next step after that? Uh, I actually started my first practice, and we opened up a practice, and I partnered with uh, uh, two other individuals in Durham, uh, Dale Thompson, Courtney Fonleroy. We had a practice in Durham, and I practiced in there. I graduated from North Carolina Central University School of Law in two thousand six. Uh, we opened our practice and we were partners until about 2013. Um, at that particular time, I was going through some family issues and uh, my mother was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. This actually being breast cancer awareness month. So therefore, to be closer to family, be closer to home, at that particular time, I made the decision to move back this way. And your family was still located in the Gaston County area? Yes, sir. Okay. So this is um, helpful because what I really would love to hear about is the difference between how you operated in a larger city and a law firm and how you operate in a smaller city in a law firm. Well, that's also part of my experience. I had a firm in Raleigh and then I moved back home and opened up a firm in my hometown. So I and I talked to business owners about I, I want to kind of talk about marketing specifically. So you guys were growing a firm in a larger city, and then now you're growing a firm in a smaller city. What were some of the differences that you saw as far as how you needed to market your, your firm? Uh, definitely. In Durham, I think uh, it was more emphasis on uh, marketing as far, as far as advertisement, whether it be uh, direct mailing, commercials. Uh, we actually just radio advertising there. Um, as I came back here to Gaston County, it's all first-person referrals. I uh, do some advertising, but not nearly as much. And you get a lot of business because obviously you understand in this uh in this particular business and being a criminal defense attorney, it's all first-person referrals because uh every time day you get phone calls. And for me, it's not necessarily family. It's uh the way you treat your clients, obviously. But me, it's every day. It's uh I met your aunt in the grocery store, or I met your uncle at the barbershop told me the situation I was going through. They said I, I had to give them give you a call. And that's usually where I get most of my business from. Well, that's interesting. You actually said it's all about referrals. So you actually don't do any traditional marketing. Is that right? Absolutely. Um, not here. But besides social media, I don't do any traditional marketing, no commercials. I don't do any direct mailings. Uh, and still overwhelmed with business here in Gaston County. Wow. Well, that's 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 interesting because I didn't know that. I, I did some traditional marketing, but I do recognize, and in fact, I smiled when you said grocery store because I, I think about how I, I call it being touchable. And I, what I mean by that is I find that clients are more comfortable walking up to you in a grocery store or a church or in the gym than they are to come to your firm in a small town. Has that been your experience? Um, absolutely. Uh, and I, obviously I don't take any disrespect to it. Uh, I tell everybody that people, mostly, well, not necessarily people, just people, my clients uh, know me on a first name basis. 
So it's uh, I'm actually thrown off if I'm ever referred to as Mr. Reed or Attorney Reed. Uh, actually, just Reed, that'd be it. But uh, most of my clients, if they see me out, they're going to see me out in the community and they're going to refer to me. It's like, hey, Shannon, I got this situation going on. I got this going on. And that's definitely how they go because I'm very, very relatable. And um, I think I have access. They have access to me. How do you feel about giving out cell phone numbers versus your business cards? Um, both. Well, my business card has my, well, I have a business cell, cell number and my cell phone is on there. So I have no problems giving that out. Uh, but again, uh, when it comes to a particular time, you have to know when to take time to yourself and get away from it. But as far as access, I'm pretty accessible. Whether through social media or my cell phone, uh, clients get in touch with me pretty regularly. Okay. Do you do you travel outside of the county, or do you really focus on Gaston? Focus on Gaston, but obviously in this particular area, um, I practice and go to Mecklenburg County as well. In other small towns around here, I go to Shelby, um, which is Cleveland County, and I go to Lincoln, which is uh, Lincoln, which is Lincoln County. Those are two. Those are my primary counties I practice in. Okay. Do you have time um, and interest in engaging in the community? Has that been different than when you were in Durham? Um, no. Uh, I think it's always been very, very involved in the community as far as uh, community service goes. Uh, it's probably more in Durham because there's more to do and there's actually more organ or for me, more organization because I'm also a member of fraternity and Five Better City Fraternity Incorporated which is big in Durham and also big here in Charlotte. We don't have a local chapter here in Gaston County. So therefore, it's all, always opportunities in Durham to reach out to community and do community service. And it's also situations in here, whereas Gaston County, it very well may not be a situation where it's a community service project or directly uh, related to community service, but you have always had the opportunity to help people. Well, that's true. Well, that's a good point because I think I similarly, it's, it's interesting how similar this is, but like I was involved in my fraternity in a larger community, but then when I moved back home, like you said, there was no chapter. So you have to figure out different ways to be involved in the community. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, and, but it, there's, there's always opportunities to help. Right, exactly. It's just it's just slightly different, but you but if you want to be involved in the community, you still have a way to do that. Absolutely. Okay. And your intention is to continue to stay in Gaston. Is that your goal? Uh, if right now I don't see anything uh, taking away from this area, um, I really like the area I'm in right now. So I definitely see myself here for the foreseeable future. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, I, uh, the story that I was going to mention to you that I remember from law school, um, you were studying. We went to law school together. People who don't know, I suppose you started with that. <laughs> we were in law school at the same time, rather, I should say. Um, I think you were first year when I was a third year. But I remember this story. It was so random, but I remember it so clearly. I was trying to give away some cookies. I had some extra cookies. And I saw you studying. I said, hey, do you want some cookies? And you were like, no, thank you. And I was really trying to give these cookies away, okay? And so I'm like, hey, you sure you want some cookies? And listen, Shannon, you looked at me like, if you don't get away from these cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and years later, the reason I think the reason I remember that is because years later, you're like everybody's uh, fitness um, role model. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, I remember trying my best to make him eat cookies back in the day. 
if I if I did that, didn't take your cookies, that means I definitely was was studying for property or some other subject. Because had I been studying for um, criminal law, criminal procedure, I definitely would took a cookie from you and probably got some help. I'm sure I would have. <laughs> well, what I appreciate is, and this is actually part of what we wanted to talk about. What I appreciated is you've been open on social media about your fitness journey, and I know that a lot of people um, suggest that they don't have access to the best gyms or the best foods um, in a small town. And I wanted you to see if you could, maybe you could share some thoughts about that. You're in a small town, but you have been on this fitness journey. And how has living in a, a less populated area affected your ability to make those health decisions? Um. It was difficult before because uh, uh, the the place I live in right now is actually you know what's what we consider a food desert. But the thing, this thing, the situation that happened for me is during the pandemic, I actually started beginning to use Instacart. So mm -hmm. therefore, I have all my meals uh, delivered, so they're already in the app, so I know exactly what I'm gonna get every week. Week, and that makes eat, um, the decision making on what I eat and the groceries I get much more easier. And going out and going through the grocery store and being tempted by, like you said, being tempted by the cookies and the chips on every aisle. I have Instacart deliver my groceries and therefore it takes a lot of the decision making process out of it for me. So it makes it a lot easier. And 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 I just probably sounds like a simple point to you, but I think a lot of people assume that we don't have those type things in our community um, because people, our, our biggest listenership for our podcast is Charlotte, North Carolina, and for people in Charlotte to hear, like, they, they, a lot of people be surprised, they think we just don't have stuff, and so just to acknowledge that, yes, I use Instacart, yes, I have access to facilities, and I have, there are places that don't have fresh fruits and vegetables, and so, yes, I figured out how to do those things and to eat the way I want to eat, Um, that that is completely possible basically everywhere. There are still some yeah. food deserts, some real issues, but basically, we have the ability, as you said, through technology, right, to be able to do that. So I think that's something that people consider um, when they're thinking about places, because there are more shops and restaurants in Charlotte and so forth. But you're able to make good, healthy decisions, um, even in a place that's much less populated. Absolutely. But I think, uh, again, again, some some places obviously just aren't going to have access to it. But I think that every day as technology grows, it makes, uh, again, it's going to make that access easier. And it's going to make even living in a small town, when you have access to, to apps like Instacart and things of that nature, you're going to have availability to you to get the, the food you need, foods and items you need. Right. And, and then again, uh, you have one of the biggest companies in the world. You have Amazon now. And the more they get into the grocery market, you have you, you're going to have the opportunity to get whatever you need delivered right to your door. No, I, I think that's absolutely true. And I think it's really a stereotype that people just assume that we don't have access to things in smaller communities. But I think you're right. Um, as we continue to consider the globalness of the economy, um, even like if it wasn't Instacart, if you pick like a meal prep service, right? Um, mm -hmm. These meal prep services have become very it's efficient at sending things overnight and and packaging them in ways that can get to you. So you can, there really is no excuse. Absolutely. 
One last concern that people often have about moving a business to a smaller community is about just the social aspect of it all. Um, how do you feel um, it's been as far as a social life interaction of uh, Durham versus where you are now? Um, <laughs> without uh, getting too deep into that, I think it worked out perfect for me as far as timing. Is I think because at that particular time when I was at that particular age where you uh, prioritize your social life, I was in Durham. And um, at that time, that social life was a priority. I don't think it was a better place to be than Durham in the early 2000s. But obviously, as you get older, uh, social life is still a priority, but it's not as much of a priority as it is to you when you're in your, your mid-20s. Um, when I'm here now, it's more about spending time with family, uh, spending time with loved ones, things of that nature. I'm, uh, social life is not really a huge priority to me. Obviously, I still like to go out. I like to have a good time. But uh, most times, uh, it's more about spending time with that quality time with your family and your loved ones. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's a good point. I think thinking about who you are as a person, thinking about what your priorities are, and maybe there's a point in life when you actually appreciate a slower um, pace of life. I think that's an excellent point. Uh, the, but the other part that I think is completely fair is to recognize if there's a certain thing that you enjoy, most of our suburbs in and most of our small towns in particularly in the eastern part of the country, they are no more than an hour away from the bigger place. Right. Yes. And so the reality is um, when I was living in my hometown of Red Springs, North Carolina, there wasn't. Uh, a mall, all right. There wasn't. There were certain things just weren't there because the town had three thousand people. But an hour away, all of those things were there, and so it was. It was a nice environment to get away and have quietness. But to your point, if you want something, then you can go and to the next community over. So there's lots of opportunities there. Yes. So two more things as we wrap up. One. I want to get your advice that you have for someone who is listening to our podcast and they're thinking, I actually want to do something maybe in the town that I'm from, maybe in a smaller community. What's the advice that you would give to them? Uh, my advice to get to me is, uh, sounds cliche, but it would simply just be go forward. Um, you're going to have people there and, um, uh, plan this in action is much better uh, in, uh, imperfect plan. Oh, imperfect action is better than the perfect plan. So you're going to go forward, and obviously with anything else, you're going to make mistakes along the way. Uh, learn from those mistakes. Understand that uh, every mistake is not fatal. You're not. It's not going to ruin your business. It's not going to ruin you. You're simply going to make mistakes. Everyone does, no matter what the business is. But what you have to do is understand you got to learn from those mistakes and keep moving forward. So if it's really your passion, you need to go back to a small town and go home. By all means, do it. Uh, the longer you wait, is you going to come up simply just come up with more excuses not to do it. So therefore, just just go for it. And if you make mistakes, uh, again, they're not fatal. I mean, think about the worst thing that can happen, and it's not going to happen. I mean, it usually doesn't happen. And just understand you have to learn from that. Uh, again, you and I both know that's what we call it for our, for our situation. That's what we call it practicing law, because we're never going to get it perfect. Uh, every day we're practicing. Every day we're going to make mistakes. 
Hopefully we don't make the same mistake and every day we get better and learn from those things. So if anybody wants to go, go to their hometowns or go to a small town and start a business, I would simply say, again, sounds cliche, just go for it. No, I actually think it sounds perfect because the reality is the reality is what you're saying is correct. And we have to be in a position where we're willing to move forward with an idea. The idea of turning to reality is done through work, not through thinking about it. And so, yes, I have made my fair share of mistakes. And thankfully, I have the humility enough to be open about them because I believe my mistakes are for someone else's benefit, right? And so I think you're right. And I'm glad that you have the humility to embrace that as well, that you made mistakes, but you're still being successful. You're still practicing. You're still doing the stuff that you love. So the last thing I want you to tell our listeners how they can um, be in touch with you, either through social media or however. Um, social media, uh, Instagram, you can just simply Instagram is Attorney Reed, uh, A-T-T-O-R-N-E-Y-R-E-I-D. Uh, Facebook is ShannonReed.com. Uh, uh, as you said, just about making mistakes and things of that nature. Website's in development right now, but that website would be uh, www.ShannonReedLaw.com. Uh, that's in the works right now. We actually need to get a new site up and more running. Um, I can be reached directly at my phone number at 704-287-6234. Uh, email shannonreedlaw at gmail.com. And again, probably the quickest way to reach out to me, if you get that particular number, uh, send a text message, social media message. Uh, I'll get right back to you. And those are the best ways to get in contact with me at this moment. I appreciate that. And listeners, I want you to know you really should follow Shannon Reed on Instagram. It's very inspirational and it it, it sometimes makes you feel a little bad. Um, <laughs> sometimes we're sleeping and he's already spent two or three hours in the gym. OK, I just want you guys to know that ahead of time. All right. Sometimes we're eating a hamburger. He posts his meals very consistently, and that is not what he's eating, okay? But I think <laughs> that's um, for accountability, and we love it. And in fact, it was funny. Uh, I remember he went on vacation, and some, and he didn't, he wasn't going to post a meal or something. We were like, hey, what meal did you eat last night? And so he posts his vacation meal, and we love that because he will say, hey, I'm on vacation. Maybe I'm going to, you know, have a cheat day on my vacation. We thought that was great. It's so it's actually entertaining and inspirational. So and I, so I definitely encourage you guys to follow him because it's just it's just interesting. He's an interesting guy. So we appreciate you. We're super proud of you, and we thank you so much for your effort that you're making to serve Gaston County. And thanks for joining us today. And uh, Attorney Peterkin, obviously, thank you for everything you do. Thank you for this podcast you're doing right now. Thank you for having me. Uh, Thank you for the CLEs you present. Uh, thank you for everything you do. Thank you for being an inspiration that you are, brother. I promise you, uh, it does not go unnoticed. I appreciate that. Well, it was good seeing you. Good seeing you as well. All right, take care now. Take care. Have a good one.